0: This is the Infatuation Podcast, a show where we talk to Asian creators we love. This is Curtis, and on today's show, we'll be talking with personal finance blogger Chloe Cho from Off Our Hustle. Hey, everyone. How's it going? Welcome back to the pod. Today, we're going to be talking a little personal finance and some off-hour hustling. And coming on our pod is our second time host, Belina. Welcome back, Belina.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) I'm excited to be back.
0: We didn't scare you too bad the first time, so you're okay with coming back?
1: Yes. Here I am again. (laughs) Back for more.
0: And I I picked you for this topic because you have a little bit of an interest in personal finance, yeah?
1: I would say so. Yes, um, it it started pretty much after I got my first uh, full time job after undergrad, and I realized. I don't know much. <laughs> I remember being at um, like, the, you know how they have the new employee orientation and they go over your benefits and things like retirement, you know, they uh-huh. threw out these terms and they were like, yes, you should think about making your contributions to a 403B. And I was like, I've never, I've never heard of that. So I did all this research and then it turns out there's a lot out there that I can do with the money rather than letting it sit in a checking account. And so Absolutely. that's kind of how I, um that's kind of how I got into it. And I just yeah. wanted to. I realized that knowing is, I mean, even if I don't choose all of the options, at least knowing that they're there is really eye opening.
0: Yeah. Did you look at Chloe's blog and see some things that looked interesting to you?
1: I did. Actually, I'm most fascinated by her credit card category. I know uh, you have a few categories, yeah. um, which it's a cool layout, by the way, your blog. And the credit cards fascinated me the most because um, I love traveling. So, I mean, I haven't no. done a whole lot these past two years because of the pandemic, because of the pandemic. But prior to that, yeah. um, I had gotten the Sapphire Reserve because they awesome. had pretty no, good perks. That, right? Yes, yes, for traveling. And so I was like, oh, I'd love to know more about, you know, what are the best ways to maximize points? Because even though I have the card, sometimes I still wonder, am I doing the best that I can? Mm-hmm. You know, with the perks that come with this and. Sometimes people say that there's actually situations where it might be better to use out of pocket money rather than the points. So, when is it worth it? You know, Mm -hmm. things like that. I'd love to get your insight on.
0: Yeah, I think we're going to get into that for sure. Mm -hmm. So, this is going to be a good episode for you. Um, And for those of you who don't know Belina, she is a nurse here in the Bay Area. And, um, some I recently graduated, not super long ago. But just started working, what, five years ago, six years ago?
1: Uh five and a half, yes. Feels like longer, but oh feels like a lot longer.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> We're probably around the same age.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think you are actually. So
2: yeah.
0: so yeah, so kind of early career still for, for you. Um and so yeah, I think today will be fun for you. Mm-hmm. Uh you know what I, I'm gonna go ahead and give this disclaimer now, uh just because I don't know. We should. (laughs) So uh, we are not professional financial advisors. And so any ideas that we express today are just for education and entertainment purposes. You should always do your research, right? You're not going to just do something because someone on a podcast says to do it. So always do your research. And I think we're going to have a really fun show. But yeah, always do your research, people. Come on. It's your money, right? And so with that, I want to introduce our special guest today. She is a software engineer by day. But off hours, she's a hustler. <laughs> Her name is Chloe, and she's a personal finance blogger. Uh, she's a credit card enthusiast and a side job hustler. She has a website called Off Hour Hustle, which is a personal finance site where Chloe gives lots of stories, ideas, and tips, and a wide array of personal finance topics. Uh, coming to us from Southern California, please welcome Chloe Cho. Hey, Hello. Chloe. Hello. Thank <laughs> yeah. you for
2: having me on the show today.
0: Oh, it's our pleasure. You know, when I see your name, I want to say (laughs) Chaloe. That's
2: better than most people. I get like, can you give me your last name a lot when I email people? Because they think that I put my first name twice. You're like, Chloe, Chloe. (laughs) Did
0: you leave the L out of the second one? Yeah. Yeah. No, welcome. So, so glad to have you here. Uh, Let's talk about you a little bit. Get to know you. Uh, Where were you born and raised?
2: Uh, I was actually born and raised in Seattle, uh, more specifically Federal Way. It's like 30 minutes south of Seattle. Most people haven't heard of it, but it's a very like Korean town. (laughs) There's a lot of Korean food, a lot of Korean immigrants. And I'm Korean myself, so I guess I fit in.
0: Uh, Okay, Federal Way. And were your parents born here or did they they come here uh, as as college kids or later? Uh, They
2: came after they graduated from college in Korea. So they both came here. My dad has a tutoring business and my mom works as a beauty stylist at Nordstrom. Fancy stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm.
0: So grew up in Seattle area. And what was your uh, upbringing like? Did you talk about money a lot? Or was that kind of something your parents did and didn't really talk to you about much?
2: Uh, So my parents, they were always kind of on the frugal mindset. I guess it might be uh, more common among Asian families. But uh, we saved a lot of money. And I don't think they invested a lot of it just because they were focused on saving and trying to like build up a nest egg so that we, they can send us off to college and they can save for their potential retirement later on. So we didn't talk too much about money. They did say they earned like X amount. I didn't really know what that meant until I got my first full-time role where I was like looking for jobs um, after I graduated, but um, we didn't talk too much about it. And they were against credit cards. They always wanted to spend cash or debit. Yeah. And um, they only opened their first credit card after I kind of like did some digging around about credit cards and researching to see what benefits I could get.
0: How about you, Belina? Did you talk about money at all when you were a kid?
1: Yes, I would actually say I'm in a similar boat as both of you. Um, Very, very frugal upbringing as well. I mean, not the kind of frugal where my parents said no to a lot of things, but just the kind of frugal that's like, we always have to plan for the future just in case, you know, yeah. um, there's there wasn't any like living paycheck by paycheck. I think that was a really big thing that they tried to uh, drill into me since I was young, that you have to have savings. You have to have a rainy day fund. And I think everything else, like, unfortunately, they weren't really big on technology. So they probably just didn't have the resources to find out, you know, what is really out there. Um, I don't think they really... Even though like high yield interest accounts are a thing now, you know, if you don't want to do risky investments, at least you get a little bit more, but a lot of money is probably still sitting in checking and savings accounts.
0: Did your grandparents have stash of, stashes of cash around the house?
1: Oh, I don't know about that.
0: Like my grandma had a carpet that was like rolled up in the closet and she would shove like little, like oh, wow. little bills <laughs> into it just in case.
1: I could totally see that.
0: Not the best investment way, uh, uh, not the best way of saving cash, but that's what she used to do. Um, so where did the where did the finance journey for you begin? Like, when did you start? Was it similar to Belina? Like, after you started working, or was it college? Or when did you start getting into finances?
2: Um, I don't, I wouldn't say finances specifically, but maybe side hustles. I started mm-hmm. in uh middle late middle school, early high school, just because my dad had a tutoring business, and I was like decently good at math. So he would kind of have clients and then he would send them over to me and be like, <laughs> Oh, my daughter can teach you for a cheaper rate too, if you want. So <laughs> I would tutor when I, uh, students when I was in eighth grade and ninth grade. And then my dad would give me like hourly wage of 15, $20 an hour. It was pretty cool. Uh-huh. Cause that was a lot to me. So yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I had that. And then I applied for a ton of scholarships when I was in high school too. So maybe in junior or senior year, I knew there was free money out there and I wanted to make sure that I didn't, I wasn't in debt after college. So I applied for a lot of merit-based ones and just threw my application out there a ton of times. And I ended up getting around 70,000 and just merit-based ones without like financial aid or anything. So it was pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. And, you, so,
0: and you're, you, that the gears start going in your head. Exactly. Yeah, like, There's, exactly. I was like, there's there. so <laughs>
2: much ways to make money out there and people just don't know about it. Like, I think there's, a ton of statistics that say a lot of scholarships are just go to waste because no one applies for them yeah Yeah,
0: or they only apply to the ones that everyone knows about yeah exactly
2: the bill big ones which is are way too competitive anyway
0: yeah well okay yeah no i I don't i don't know if you know but i'm a high school teacher yeah Mm -hmm. and so i see that all the time yeah my dad is also a
2: high school teacher
0: okay yeah (laughs) So every year, as I like, write me a letter for this this scholarship. I'm like, is you, you're the fourth person I'm writing this letter for, the same scholarship, you know? And it's like, you're not all going to get it. Yeah, In about six years, I got to pick your brain on some scholarships. So expect an email from me in about six years. I yeah, got I was that.
2: planning to write a blog post about how to get scholarships on my website too. Okay, cool. cool. Yeah, I
0: got a 12-year-old, so I got a little while, but we'll get there. <laughs> So you start, uh, you start getting interested in it and you're, you're working your day job, but then kind of just for fun or was it to supplement your income or was it the challenge of trying to making money on the side? What, what kind of got you in the side hustles besides uh, just the tutoring stuff?
2: Um, I got into side hustles mostly. I think I did a lot in college just because I wanted to have money to spend for fun and also to pay off my college tuition without being in debt, like I mentioned a little bit before. So um, I did a lot of side hustles. And after I paid off all my college tuition and rent and things like that, I started investing and I dabbled around and just like little stocks here and there, just because I didn't have too much while I was in college. But after I got my first full-time role, that's when I started like maxing out everything like 401k, IRA, like getting into crypto, getting into just stocks and like options, everything. I, I just love everything about money. So that's when I started more going full on into it, I guess.
0: And then you decided, you know, I, I got it so much information, it'd be good to share it with other people. And is that where the blog came from?
2: Uh, so I always love credit cards because I have 26, <laughs> 27. <laughs> um, and uh, I would always give people little recommendations here and there when they would ask for more credit cards. or I talk uh, about like how like getting credit cards are important. And then people would be like, why don't you just like put that information somewhere? So. I decided to start a blog. And then also it's kind of a side hustle as well because it does bring me like ad revenue and affiliate sure. income. So it's kind of cool because I can share my knowledge and uh, also learn from other people and just kind of bring side hustle money in.
0: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. How long have you been doing that?
2: Is that a uh, it's been a year and a half now. So not okay. too long, but I've been working on building like a lot of traffic from Google. So there's like this whole SEO world where uh, uh, you learn uh, about how to optimize your website for Google. So that's where my primary traffic comes from, actually.
0: So Off Hour Hustle, you have uh, a blog and, and kind of the main topics that you talk about are credit cards, investing, side hustles, managing money. And, and I like the progress reports. I think it's... How would you describe it, Belina? It's kind of like a transparency. It's just a way of...
1: Yes, and it it feels very real, I think, Uh, very tangible. I think that's what I really like about it. It's It's just like a way, it's insightful, I guess.
0: Yeah. And, it, and it's not super braggy. Like you do it once a month, you do a practice report or every quarter? Yes, I or... do
2: once a month. So I started it last year when I actually started my blog. But then my blog kind of took a little break because I was a little busy. But I started them again this year. And it's kind of catered towards people who are like interested in starting their own blog, because then I detail how much I make from my blog and like what I do to help my blog out. And also just a th- ton of different side hustles. And how much I make from those as well. So I don't talk yeah. anything about my day job just because like everyone has their own day job and right. does whatever they need, but side hustles everyone can do.
0: So. yeah, but it's down to the penny and I I like it. You know, <laughs> mm. sometimes it's like, oh, I made seven dollars and twelve cents off of this. <laughs> you know, it's it's honest, it's you know. Cool. Very and I think it's cool. honest. Yeah.
1: Yes, yes. It's yeah. it's one of those things where I I don't know where else I would find such information if you hadn't put it out there. Because it's just something that um, someone could only put out there if they were doing it
2: themselves. So, mm-hmm.
0: are you are you getting some good feedback? Do you have good relationships with some of your readers? Do they write to you often?
2: Uh, so, I started my social media platforms this year when I uh, started my blog last year. So, I now have a couple connections on social media. I talk to them regular. Some of them are bloggers as well. Some of them are YouTubers, and then some of them just like have interest in personal finance. But I talk to them regularly over like DMs and things like that. It's fun.
0: Yeah, super fun, right? Uh, one thing we wanted to talk to you about was, you know, where is this going for you? Where do you have a, a an end game in mind, or are you just gonna journey with this and see where it takes you, or are you looking to, you know, for financial independence, or what kind of things are you working towards with the blog and in, just in your life?
2: Um, I think I really want to strive towards financial independence, where I'm not relying on a nine to five to like pay my bills. And I guess I wouldn't say I'm relying on my paycheck to pay my bills all the time, just because I'm like, okay, at saving and like not spending too much. But um, I want to build up my blog and feature YouTube channel, that kind of stuff, just to kind of like bring me an income stream so that if I ever got laid off from my job, or if I ever decided I don't want to work a 95 for a couple months, it wouldn't be that big of a deal. And I still would have money. in. so I think financial independence is a big thing for me. And I want to be able to not be stuck to an hourly wage or like a salaried wage.
0: Would you ever consider uh, switching careers into finance? maybe get a CFA or something like that? Or
2: just uh, Not really, five? just because I feel like that's still like stuck into like a nine to five bubble or like <laughs> is, you're still yeah. stuck into like, uh, you have clients as like a CPA or like a CFA and like you have to like help them out. They pay you a certain amount. I'd rather help people passively and get passive income through it. Since like, I don't want to be like, Hey, you have to pay me $50 for helping yeah. you for an hour. Yeah. I know a lot of people do <laughs> like coaching and stuff for finance, but I can't see myself doing that. Even if I were capable, just because I don't want people to pay me to help them out. I don't know. It's weird. It's a weird concept.
0: Yeah. No, I got you. Now keep it off hour, right? Yeah. Keep, <laughs> keep it off the nine to five. All right. Very cool. All right. Well, let's move on to some scenarios. So what we're going to do is Belina and I, Chloe, we'll give you a scenario and we're going to describe a person to you and and just think, you know, and and you can help too, Belina, if you have some ideas, uh, how you would give advice to these different people. So see, Belina, you want to do A, B, or C?
1: I can start with A. I think Chloe and I were in this kind of, situation not too long ago ago. (laughs) but this one is for a young person maybe 22 23 that does seem young now that i'm reading that and they just got an entry-level job they have a few hundred dollars left over after paying for housing and expenses very realistic now (laughs) what are some things that someone might consider doing with those couple of hundred bucks
2: um, I personally would say Roth IRA, just because uh, you're probably under that income gap or income level that you would not be able to contribute a Roth IRA. So people can contribute $6,000 to your Roth IRA per year if you make uh, less than 125000 So investing in a Roth IRA is probably the best way. And it's tax, uh, tax advantage too. So you don't have to pay taxes when you take the money out. And also you can take the money out whenever the you can take the contributions out whenever you want to. So if let's say you invest 5000 and it grows to 6000 and five years later you say you need that 5000 for like a down payment on a home or something like that, then you could take that 5000 out and still leave that $1,000 to grow. And there's no penalties involved in that. So it's a pretty cool way to invest your money and you have a limit of $6,000 you can contribute per year, which is around how much money that person might have
0: yeah and, and that's really the best right start early when you're 22 put as much as you can in that and let it grow and then you know i turned 50 so i can put seven thousand in <laughs> so i can put a little more <laughs> and you can use it for education so i can use it for my kids education as well mm-hmm. so it's a, it's like a win-win-win on that one um what you see. Think?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: yeah what do you have for a 20 what, what would you tell your 22 year old self belina
1: oh my goodness, what would I tell myself? I think one of the biggest things that I would tell myself besides, you know, maxing out my retirement, um, I think I would say to do more research into not like, not just stocks, but also like all of the other investments options out there, like Bonds and you know crypto and even high yield savings and just all of those different options and how much I feel comfortable putting into um, each one before I decided to spend all that money on a vacation or yeah. you know traveling or all of that. I think all of that is great to do, especially while I'm young. But I think instead of doing it the other way around, I felt like what happened was I decided I wanted to go somewhere I spent all that money I came back I saw what was left over and then I invested that you know I think it would have been better to be like okay this is the amount that I need to put into investments first invest what is you know determined and then whatever's left I can go ahead and treat myself and go on that trip or buy that whatever it was that I really wanted Yes, I yeah. would have switched the way that I did that, I think. At least yeah. for the, I mean, eventually I came to my senses, but at least for the first two years after working, <laughs> it had gone the wrong way.
0: <laughs> yeah, because you think, I'm rich. <laughs> I, got, yes. I got a thousand bucks in my pocket. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I would definitely tell my 22-year-old self to, to automate it as much as possible. Because, mm. you know, once it gets into your checking account, you just see that balance there. You're like, well, I can spend that down to zero. <laughs> you know, I'll get paid I'll get another paycheck next month. And then you forget about your Roth IRA and you just forget about, you know, your 403B or whatever. And you, But if you can automate it and pull out, even if it's a hundred bucks a month or 200 bucks, you know, even if it's 50 bucks, you know, whatever you can afford, if you can automate it, you know, it's got, it gives you a little tax advantage and it just grows. And, you know, even when the stock market is up or stock market is down, your dollar cost averaging, you're getting a little bit in every month. Exactly. And, Man, if you, if, <laughs> come on, Curtis, 22 year old Curtis, if you had done that, <laughs> oh man, because I graduated, I, I started working in 95, 96. And so you guys know the stock market, right? If I had, mm-hmm. if I just poured as much as I could in 95, 96, and it went down in 2000, right? And everyone was scared. And then if I just kept being consistent and put it in there, you know, it would have been. I might not even be working right now. Who knows?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, those graphs, especially of, you know, the last um, few years, like just seeing it's basically. Yeah. 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 It's basically an uphill climb.
0: But it's never too late. It's never too late. Right. So you can always get in now.
2: I think Mm -hmm. it's also important to know that graphs, like if especially if people started investing within the last two years, I guess you can say, since stocks have just been going up. And sure, there's been a little bit of downturns once in a while, like for a month or two, but they've been going up a lot. So it's important to know to keep holding on even when they're down for longer yeah. periods of time, like a year or two years.
0: Right. Yeah, true. And I think one of the dangers of stock market or just looking at it too much is trying to time it. I think history has showed us that's really, really hard to do. Mm-hmm. So better just to stay in all right uh chloe any more advice for a 22 23 year old
2: it's funny that bolina mentioned that she want, wanted to invest first and then travel because i personally wish i like spent more money on travel and things oh. like that when i was 22 <laughs> and 23. the
1: grass so, is always greener
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah because definitely i feel like when you're young like you shouldn't in- not spend all your money but just enjoy life while you can and sure like retirement will come and you should invest for retirement but you should also like like why do you earn money, right? You earn money so that you can enjoy. So make sure you have a good balance of both.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you guys, once you have kids and a mortgage, <laughs> you know, I'm not going to Paris on a whim anymore, but yeah. Yeah. So there's a balance, right? It's all about doing things in moderation. Um, all right. So 22, 23 year olds out there, start your Roth, um, invest automatically if you can, but put a little money aside for fun. All right. Good advice, guys. I like that. All right. Here's the scenario number two. So this is a person maybe maybe a little older than you. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe, yeah, maybe let's say this person is 30, 31, 32, a millennial. This person has been working, does okay, you know, uh, has enough money, has a little, a little rainy day fun, has some stocks. But now they're looking to do something a little more creative or maybe looking for ways to to supplement their income. What would you what advice would you give someone maybe early to mid-career to kind of diversify their streams of income and maybe spice it up a little bit? Mm,
2: for me, I personally would say Like, it depends on what your occupation is. Like, let's say if you're a teacher, then maybe you could look into tutoring as a side hustle. If you're a software engineer like me, then you could contract to different companies, different projects. So you could earn, like, an hourly rate and uh, make more money off of that. Or if you want to, like, start building your own streams of income, kind of like I do, then you could, like, start a blog or YouTube channel. Those are, like, the harder ones that don't give you immediate gratification, don't give you, like, the hourly rate, rate that you get from different jobs for working for other people but it's still um like if you're in it for the long haul and you're in it for like building your own stream of income then it's a great way to start early on especially when you're like 30s you have plenty of time on your hands so
0: yeah yeah what do you think balina what would you tell 33 year old Belina? <laughs>
1: I like I liked everything that you suggested, Chloe. Um, I think it's I like the way you thought of things that um, were kind of related to you know what someone's familiar with, but they can use it to their advantage. Um, I think also just maybe maybe like a passion project. I know that might sound like a lot, but I feel like at at a certain point, maybe there's something that people have really wanted to do for a long time, um, but just haven't gotten around to it because of career. So if they could find a way to challenge or to channel that creativity and um, turn it into something that they really enjoy, I feel like that could be a lot of fun. I'm thinking things like Etsy shops. I feel like that really came up during the pandemic when people had a little more time on their hands and they just thought, oh, I've always wanted to do this. I guess I should do it now because you know I have the time for it. Um, So yeah, maybe before kids and mortgages come, if there's something (laughs) that you really wanted to do that's a little more time consuming, but you still can before all of that comes, then maybe that's the time for it.
0: What are some of your other favorite side hustles, Chloe? I saw you do your tutoring still, mm-hmm. but what else besides your tutoring do you still, do you, do you like to do on, on the side?
2: So there's, uh, going off of what Belina said about Etsy, there's also this thing called Merch by Amazon or Redbubble. I don't know if you guys heard of it, but oh, I've if, heard. Yeah, if people are into like design or have a knack for artwork, I definitely don't. But I still do them because I hire people off of Fiverr to make designs for me. <laughs> and then, um, mm-hmm. yeah, and then I post those designs on there. But it's print on demand, so you don't have to do anything Uh, People will see your designs on t-shirts or water bottles on those platforms, and then they'll um, purchase those items. And then uh, Redbubble or Merge by Amazon, they'll do everything for you and they'll ship the item, give you a cut. And yeah, that's it. You just have to upload the design. It's pretty cool.
0: Yeah. So wow. that,
2: uh, I guess another one of my favorite side hustles is doing brand ambassador work. So uh, you represent brands at different events. So I've gone to conventions for free through this. So um, there's this convention called PAX West which is a video game convention. Um, I like video games. <laughs> so I yeah. went to that for free because I was a representative for Xbox. And for four hours, I would just help people like test Xbox games. And then after that, I could walk around the convention for free. So I got paid. And then I also got to go to a convention for free. So hey, yeah, hey, there's it a lot of fun. different fun things too you can do. So you could do that for like, I don't know, other like sakura Khan, Sa- I think I'm saying that wrong, but uh, or like any other interest conventions, they always have brand ambassadors and they're always hiring a ton of people because they don't fly out their own representatives from their companies to go there.
0: Do you approach them or do they find your blog or how do you get associated with these uh, so brands? So
2: each um, city, major city has a brand ambassadors Facebook group. So like for me, let's say I would go to brand ambassadors of Orange County or brand ambassadors of Los Angeles. And there's a Facebook group that it's like a whole different or a whole um group by itself like there's tons of people like thousands of people in that group and the agencies will post job listings on there and they'll be like i'm looking for 30 people to help me represent xbox at this convention on (laughs) this date and then you just apply and it's actually not that hard to get it's a really good gig for college students because you have more time and it's on the weekdays and you could just go during those times and get fun events out of it you get free stuff free food and you get paid as well Wow. Hey, yeah, that's
1: awesome. So do they look for qualifications or are, are there um, like minimum qualifications? That you, you do have, have to, to
2: send like a picture just to show that you're kind of friendly looking, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, also they'll be like, oh, what's your experience with like uh, talking to strangers or like marketing or anything like that? But it's very like soft skills. So as long as you market yourself well, it's pretty um, not too hard to get. Wow, that's so cool. I never knew about that.
0: So you don't have to have 100,000 followers on Instagram or anything?
1: definitely.
0: Very cool. Here's our chance. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I don't know. When they find out my age, they might be like, I don't know.
2: (laughs) There's people from varying ages on there. That's
0: true. Yeah, I can represent like the older stuff.
1: (laughs) (laughs) There's something for everyone.
0: (laughs) Okay. All right. All right. Uh, Tell me more about research studies. What is uh? What are how can you make money off research studies?
2: So there's a bunch of different platforms you can use for research studies. Um, Some of the most popular ones I use are like Respondent.io, Field Research, and Adler Weiner Research. But um, based on what your interests are and what your occupation is, um, you can apply for those research studies. So for me, I know that I'll qualify for a lot of ones related to credit cards or related to software engineering. <laughs> so I fill out those screener surveys. They usually take like two to three minutes to fill out. And then they'll give you a call or an email be like, hey, we uh, screened you and we think you'd be a good fit for this study. And um, they'll pay you 100 or like $150 an hour just to sit on a Zoom call to talk about a new product that they have because they're trying to... Uh, like test their product on you and be like, what do you think of this? What do you think of this design? What do you think of this app? And you just give your feedback for an hour or two and then get paid.
0: Yeah. Especially now that zoom is just everywhere. That's really nice. Cause I I went to one where I had to look at a textbook and you had to actually go there and flip Uh, through it and stuff. But now I think everything's on zoom, right? So it's easier.
2: Yeah. I did do a couple in-person ones, but they're all gravitating towards zoom now, I think.
0: Yeah. Why not? Right. (laughs) Cool, cool. So, if you want to know more about these side hustles, you can go to Chloe's blog, Off Hour Hustle. You have a whole section on these. How many? Just off the top of your head, what do you think? You have uh, over a dozen different side hustles that you recommend on here, or you tell people uh,
2: probably around there. I'm always trying to get out one article a week, so there there yeah. might be about side hustles, about investing, or just managing money. But they're always good stuff.
0: Cool. All right. So, all you out there looking for a little extra cash and. And it may not sound like a lot at first, you know, 100 bucks, 150 but it adds up, right? So that might pay for your trip, Belina. <laughs> <laughs> or at least one BTS ticket.
2: Oh, yes.
1: <laughs>
0: Wish I knew so about it
2: earlier. <laughs> Half a ticket. <laughs> oh, I'm sure they have brand ambassadors at BTS concerts, too. Oh, yeah, Belina. Yeah. I really, it might be too I late. I really got to look that up. Yeah, but, that's and
0: that's I'm sure an they
2: get filled up so fast. Because I know there's that's brand true. ambassadors for Coachella. I was considering doing it at some point oh, but you have to commit accurate. for like a full five six days for like 10 hour 12 hour days so it's kind of hard
1: yeah oh i see i see
2: yeah that's a lot
1: oh, next time this could next have been my chance time. though i'll be there for a while but next time <laughs> yeah
0: yeah all right let's see Belina, you want to do the next one
1: now we're going i guess we're progressing by age because now we're at someone <laughs> who is in their mid-career um pretty comfortable income they've climbed up a bit on the ladder and they mostly make safe investments so what sorts of things could this person be doing
2: safe investments you guys talked about this a little bit in the beginning but definitely i think real estate is the way to go um just because you could get like cash flow through it and they grow in value too and they're safe because they're tangible and real estate sure might depreciate a little bit but it'll always like go up in the long run kind of like stocks do so um yeah. I'm trying to buy my first real estate property by the uh-huh. end of this year too. So I'm not a huge expert on it, but I do know that a lot of people have like empires of real estate, like 10 properties, 20 properties, and mm-hmm. they hire property managers for their properties, like all across the U S and yeah. they just like visit them maybe occasionally if they have to, for whatever reason, but that's how a lot of people build generational wealth and just passive income. Cause it's, they get money from rent.
0: Yeah cuz cause, mm-hmm. cause out here I mean you know one house is 1.5 million 2 million dollars but in St. <laughs> Louis you know or other other places that are growing you might be able to get a house for $150,000, 200,000 and yes you're not going to rent it out for 3,000 a month but you know for your return on investment it might be there Exactly.
2: The mortgage and a lot will be of people small too. Mm-hmm. Yeah yeah It'll and a lot of people itself? are thinking,
0: well, I'm not going to live, I'm going to move to St. Louis. Well, like you said, you're going to hire a property manager out there, right? And they're going to do it. So, yeah, maybe. You know what I wish I had done? I, I don't know if I wish I had done, but it was an option is instead of buying a single family residence, I kind of wish I had bought a duplex or mm. maybe a multifamily one. Yeah, and maybe... yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, is that what it's called?
1: Yeah, that's what I'd love to do.
0: Yeah, live in the bottom one. Live in the smallest one.
1: Right? <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah, so that'd be one way. And then you know, and then if you want to upgrade later, you still have the option of doing that. But because it seems kind of, um, I don't know what the right word is. But if you put, like, I'm, I guess I'm considered cash poor, right? Because you know, most of my wealth is is in the in the house, and I'm never gonna see it, you know, ever in my life unless I refinance, right? But um, it'd be nice to kind of have the flexibility of like, oh yeah, maybe I'll, I'll, go to France for a month or something and rent out a smaller thing and be able to do that as opposed to just having a, a big, I don't want to say I live in a big house, but just having a single family residence is, is not as flexible. What do you guys, you, you agree with that? You guys seem like you agreed with that strategy
2: i definitely wish i had enough money in college to house hack or if my parents bought property near the college that i was going to then because i i rented from someone whose parents bought him that property for college so i was like dang that's so cool like you don't need to pay and you get rental income from all these friends that you're renting out to so i personally want to buy property like kind of near ucla and uc berkeley and hope fingers crossed that my future kids way down the line might go there yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah mm-hmm.
0: but man, Westwood or Berkeley—they, they're you know it's definitely expensive.
1: Mm-hmm. That's the fancier area.
0: <laughs> yeah, so you got to find a college in a in a up up and coming town. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> I think you're key. right. College towns are good because there's always rentals, right? There's mm-hmm. always people. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. So what else would you recommend? Bellini, you have any ideas for an older person? Let me think too.
1: I mean, I don't, I don't know if this is specific to someone who's older, and it's similar to what you both were talking about. But I think one of the things that I'd really love to try, and I don't know if I have the money for, but you know, maybe eventually I will, is um, I don't know if you both have heard of anything called furnished finders, but it's basically like a rental website that um, rents out pre-furnished homes. And a lot of these are located near like hospitals, you know, where uh, residents will do their rotations or traveling nurses or just, people who work at the hospitals just need a place to stay for a couple months before they move on to their next site. And so when they're moving that frequently, it doesn't make sense to have to buy furniture every time you go somewhere or have to move all the furniture with you. So all these places are pre-furnished and it's kind of like an Airbnb, but like a short-term Airbnb, I guess, You are not a short-term a but long-term a Airbnb, like yeah. month-to-month leases. Um, so that's kind of what I would love to do because I feel like it's Stable. Um, there's, I mean, I wouldn't say like guaranteed renters, but there's a lot of options. You know, depending on your location and depending on what you can offer in terms of amenities. And if you yourself would like to go <laughs> there one day to live, you know, for someone who's um, a healthcare worker like myself, I have all these options. You know, depending on where I decide to invest in.
2: That's very cool. I haven't heard of it before. But I'm going to look into it. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. and they get pretty good rates. I mean um, my boyfriend's currently in school and he has to move, you know, from state to state. And so that's what he uses. That's how we found out about it. Actually. He was like, oh, this is what I'm using. And actually one day we should do this because this is a great idea. It's been working well for him. So. Very cool. Mm -hmm.
0: Belina and I, last time we were talking about crypto a little bit and I was like, man, Belina, Am I too old cuz I just don't get it. <laughs> where are you guys on where are you, where are you guys at with crypto? Are you are you jumping in or do you, do you think that's something that someone a little older could do to to spice up their investments?
2: Uh I personally have a bit of crypto here and there um maybe like 5% maybe 4% of my assets, but I have a lot of it in USDC, which is a stablecoin. So it's uh, backed by the US dollar. So basically the value won't drop at all. It's just kind of like if you throw $50 in, you'll always have $50. But the benefit of USDC is that you can get interest on it. So, and it's like way better than high yield savings. So I have my USDC through Celsius right now, which is a platform and I get 7.1% interest and it pays weekly. So um, it's mm-hmm. pretty cool and it's a lot better than a high yield savings. But of course, the caveat is that it's not FDIC insured. So if your account got hacked or like some something happened with Celsius or something, then no one's going to give you your money back. So mm-hmm. there's pros and cons. You do earn great interest rates off of it, but it's not FDIC insured.
0: Yeah, so. But it's not going to be crazy, right? It's not going to go up 200% in one day.
2: Yeah, it's uh, backed by the US dollar, so it doesn't so. grow grow in any value. It's just kind of like you just have it there and they in exchange they'll pay you a decent interest rate, which is seven percent.
1: But it's a fixed interest rate. Hmm? Oh, I see. I see. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah.
2: But I do have Bitcoin, Ethereum. I have XLM. XLM is a pretty cool one where um you can convert currency to currency without having to pay the currency exchange rates in. oh yeah. Oh that's cool. Yeah. But I think I do see benefits of crypto. I'm still a little bit skeptical, which is why I don't see it put a lot of money into it. But I believe in diversification. So I that's
0: why I have some. The 5% I think that I feel like that's a substantial but not crazy. (laughs) You know, like it's you have exposure, but you're not like maybe I'll I'll consider that. I don't want to go ham on it. But yeah, a little bit might be interesting. What about you, Belina? Are you in crypto at all?
1: I do also have a little bit of Bitcoin and ethereum I'm actually pretty much almost the same I think these days it's more like three percent it was kind of five percent at one point and I know that the concept is to buy and hold um but I did sell a little bit I think when Bitcoin hit like 60k and I decided it's okay to let it's okay to profit a little bit and then That's eventually good. reinvest yes yeah, so um so I did set a lot of buy and sell limits to kind of, You know, (laughs) eat the profits and then buy back in and eat the profits. But I think also this isn't like a long term sustainable strategy. Um, It was because I was starting to get into crypto, I was having fun with it, and um, I just wanted to. Try that, but I think eventually uh, I would like to look into more other, you know, alternative what they call the altcoins, I guess, um, and also the USDC that I actually don't really know much about that. So that would be something interesting to look into. Um, the other thing that's kind of related to crypto, I guess, I mean, you haven't really mentioned it yet, but uh, NFTs, I know, are <laughs> a big thing now, and I am still trying to wrap my head around. It. I understand the general concept, but it's just like the whole idea behind like how how people value things or how they put, how how they put a price on it I guess it's a little mind boggling to me so I'm still learning
0: yeah and the metaverse and the, and the web 3 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no I'm not there yet either yeah okay so uh chloe 27 credit cards <laughs> <laughs> are you are you um what do you th- what do people say when they find out you have 27 credit cards
2: um they think I'm a little crazy and but <laughs> I think I say that like, oh, I know how to manage them. So I'm not like in crazy credit card debt or anything, but um yeah i think it's different for everyone the only reason i have 27 i don't use all of them of course but the only reason i have them is because i choose not to close them because closing them could negative negatively impact your credit score so if the agent or the company that i have credit cards with decides to close them on their own then that's fine but i don't actively go search out to close them because they don't have annual fees so might as well just keep them there yeah Mm. so what
0: are your uh, top three favorite credit cards and and why do you have them
2: um i have the capital one saver one that's one of my favorites because it gives you three percent on groceries three percent on streaming and um entertainment um and it's has no annual fee so three percent is a pretty good rate for anything that you can get with no annual fee and Mm -hmm. i also like the wells fargo propel so it's not there's no application for it right now. They stopped taking applications because I think it was like too good to be true, but I, <laughs> I got it while it was out. But um, you get 3% on gas, 3% on travel, and 3% on restaurants.
1: Oh. And it has
2: no annual fee, and it's a metal card. So it, uh, yeah, uh, it's pretty flex? cool. But um, yeah, I also have, what else is my third favorite card? I think it's always good to have a flat 2% cashback card so um city double cash or wells fargo active cash because if you don't have things that fall into like the higher percentage back categories then um you should always use your two percent card so those you are you have my-
0: it in your head the whole time like okay i'm buying gas so i'm going to use this card i'm buying groceries so I'm gonna use. do you know which i card do you use? yeah
2: because <laughs> i don't know i guess it's just a hobby for me so it's easy for me to memorize i know it's harder for some people but <laughs>
0: yeah
2: but i so also how- do churn like the airline credit cards and stuff to get all the miles and then um well churning is when you like just get a credit card and get it for like the bonus and then like don't do much with it afterwards but i get all the airlines and like the hotel points and stuff and then use those for traveling and then
0: you just don't cancel it after
2: yeah that.
0: okay that explains the 20. 20- so how many do you actually carry with you
2: uh usually like five or six at a time not many okay hmm.
0: okay and you know and you know which ones to use yeah. in which situations So Okay. So that's cool. How about you, Bellini? So you have the you have the preferred Sapphire? Is that what you have?
1: I have the... So I started off um, with the Freedom Unlimited. Not that I knew that much about credit cards at that time, honestly. It was, it was like I knew my dad had it. He said it was pretty good. I was like, all right, I'm going for it. <laughs> and so I got the Freedom Unlimited. And then when I started getting interested in traveling, um, the Sapphire Reserve... I had missed out on the hundred thousand bonus points, which would have been great if I could have gotten that. But I, uh, I think it was sixty thousand when or fifty thousand when I had joined. But they had the three hundred dollar travel credit plus the TSA pre check, and at that time I was traveling a lot, so to me that was worth it. And the priority pass for all the accesses to the lounges, um, and then they have like the dash pass, and all. so all of that ended up feeling pretty worth it um, to me. The fee was. I think it was like 450 when you first signed up, but with the $300 travel credit, if you for sure know you're going to use $300 in travel expenses, which I knew I would, then that brings it down to 150. And then the rest of the perks kind of eat away the rest of that cost. So it's not bad. But other than that, I actually don't really have that many credit cards, to be honest. Um, Chase, the reason why most of my cards are with chase is just because that's where I did most of my banking (laughs) and it was convenient, you know, and I think- um, I feel like a lot of people are also that way where they just, they don't really know where to start. So they're just like, well, whoever I have a savings or checking with, I'm just going to go straight to them and see what they have to offer. So it's nice to hear about all these other options that I've never like the Wells Fargo Propel. I've never heard of it until you mentioned it just now. So there's just so much out there. I feel like I don't know about yet.
0: Yeah. Is there a, do you have a weird card, Chloe, that maybe no one's, (laughs) what what card do you have that's kind of strange that even you are kind of surprised he's still.
2: Um, I guess I have a SoFi credit card. I don't know if you, you guys have heard of SoFi, right? Yes. They, the, yes, they have the checking account, they have loans, they have, uh, investments, but they released the SoFi credit card pretty recently and you get, so you get 2% back, but it automatically goes into your investment account or like mm-hmm. you get, you get diamonds for it. They call it diamonds. So you could get it as cash to your checking account if you have one with SoFi, or you could get it as cash to your investment account. That's pretty cool. It's not weird, I guess you could yeah. say, but I don't. <laughs> not
0: conventional, though. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. But it's different. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I also right. want to add like, my brother is in the military. So, military has these really cool perks where all your annual fees are waived for everything, including authorized user fees. So, wow. yeah, so he has the Amex Platinum and the Chase Sapphire Reserve. And the reason why I don't have them personally is because he adds me as an authorized user and I get all the benefits without having to pay the fees. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's
1: awesome. Yeah. yeah oh my it's goodness. Really cool. That is so cool. So,
2: so if you guys know anyone in military that you're like close enough that they could add you, add you as an authorized user and you could just not use the credit card but get the perks, that'd be a really cool <laughs> way to get it. Yeah.
0: That's <laughs> cool. Another hack. Nice. So, Chloe, you've answered all of our tough questions. It is time for our lightning round. <laughs> Don't <laughs> worry, this go. will be easy. Yes. We, we need a theme song for our lightning round. Someone told me we should have a theme song, so we're working on it. But right now, uh, take it away, Belina.
1: Okay. Question number one. What would you say is your best investment to date? If you had to best pick one. investment to date?
2: Probably if you're talking about like actual investments and not just like buying random things, probably Tesla. Cause I bought it, uh, early 2020 before it hit like $500 nice. before the split. And uh-huh. after the split it went crazy, it's going to split again soon, which is crazy. And it just keeps going up and I've earned a ton of money with Tesla. So it's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So I, I keep yeah. buying more t- shares of Tesla too.
0: Yeah. He's, he's a genius. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's hard to argue. I mean, there was a time when people were shorting it, and it was just like not, not that popular. And then, yeah, he just proved everyone wrong.
2: Exactly. Mm-hmm. How about you guys?
0: Oh, best investment. Hmm. I'll think about that. I should have bought Apple in '98 <laughs> when it was like four dollars. <laughs> I it's funny I've I've, you know since I'm I'm so much older than you guys I I passed on Apple so many times because I kept thinking it surely can't keep going up so how about you Belina what's your number you had Tesla didn't you have Tesla I also
1: actually I was just going to say I wish I could come up with something more original but that really was my best investment to date I also bought um, well I've, I've bought many times but I think Definitely the best time was when it was under 500. I was sitting in the 400s. I bought a ton of it. And then um, I think when it hit over a grand, I decided it was time to let some go. And it came back down. And then I bought back in. And um, I know this is the whole timing, you know, timing investments that we are not promoting. We're not promoting. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it was just pretty lucky. So. Um, So a lot of that money that came out of it went right back in and it's going very well now. And I'm, I'm going to leave it alone. I'm leaving it alone now, (laughs) but I I would say that that was a pretty, um, a pretty, pretty good. I don't know. A lucky call. Yes.
2: I think what you do is nice too. It's like good to know when you want to like lock in some games. So yeah, as long as you don't mind and you don't let it might go higher.
1: Right. Right. Exactly. Yes. And so um, I think it's, Part of it is just looking at you know the what I have in place and then thinking to myself like what would I be happy with, um, pocketing right now you know and then reinvesting that money and of course it, it's hard to do this for a long time because it's first time consuming to have to watch so many different stocks especially if you have in a portfolio of multiple um, individual stocks, but if the timing is right and you know I feel like it's good to profit some gains when you do see it happening.
0: Actually, I take it back. So one thing I did, just, I'm not a genius or anything, but so in like 2000 and like 14, 15 or something, when my kids were were super young, I was like, ooh, I got to get some money for college for them. So like I said, I'm, I I have the, ca- the cash in the house, but not in my pocket. So I, you know, the rates were low. The rates were like 3% something on, on, fi- on mortgages. So I cash out, refied my house and pulled out a chunk of, of equity to put for college and that was right right before Donald Trump won you know the election and you guys know what happened you know after that the stocks just went crazy and so I had and I didn't do anything sexy I just put it into a total stock market you know vanguard uh four five twenty nine, and just had had the the college stuff for them and it's done pretty well you know and so hopefully it'll keep going up before they go to college but we'll see <laughs> And with the 529, it's like a Roth, right? So you don't pay any taxes on the increases. So it's it's turned out okay so far. I need it to go up a little bit more, but but so far so good. Hopefully
2: it keeps growing until your kids go to
0: college. I know, I know. All (laughs) right. Uh, Next question on the lightning round. Um, Chloe, would you rather pick, I don't know if this is equal, but we'll say. Would you rather pick a one-week extravagant trip to anywhere in the world or one month of basic expenses? So the Infatuation Podcast is going to either send you on a one-week extravagant trip anywhere in the world. Oh, man, you guys are paying
2: for this. Awesome. Yeah, we're
0: paying. We're paying. (laughs) Or we'll cover your monthly expenses for a month. Which would you rather have?
2: Uh, Definitely the one-week extravagant trip, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, one month of expenses. Like I don't have too much expenses anyway, but um, I think... Definitely live in the moment. Know what you want. Know what you value. I value travel a lot. I'm actually working from Korea in, uh, in like a week. I'm flying out next week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you said you're going to do
0: that. That's yeah, cool. Yeah, so
2: it'll be a ton of fun.
0: But you're going to be waking up at 3 a.m.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> crazy hours, but it'll be <laughs> worth it. It'll be fine.
0: You'll be in Seoul. That's yeah. cool. <laughs> How about you, Belina? Vacation or monthly expenses?
1: I would also say vacation because I could totally just like live it up because my one month expenses are never going to change. And it's just going to be that number. Never and remember I can always them, manage yeah. to, yes. But an extravagant trip, like this is, this is an opportunity, yeah, you know, gotta, yeah. <laughs> gotta make the most out of it. But I think also just um, to Chloe's point that it's really important to have things that kind of make your, I don't know, all this work worth it, I guess, you know, we work a lot in our lives and uh, it's, good to save it's good to have a rainy day fun but it's also good to feel like all of it is for something you know something that you can remember something that uh stands out to you i guess when you look back yeah yes i might not remember that month of monthly expenses that i saved but i would remember the trip
0: (laughs) see i'm so boring i'd probably take the month and just sit on the couch (laughs) (laughs) all right let's see uh belina are you gonna do the next one
1: All right, let's see. So the next one, Um, what is one thing that you're willing to splurge on and why kind of like a treat yourself? Like if you had to choose something, what would it be?
2: i would definitely say travel, but certain aspects of travel. Like I just want to go to a location. and I want to spend on activities. I would spend a lot on doing things. I don't like necessarily spending a lot on like hotel or, um, Even food for that matter. I don't like going to like fancy dinners or anything, but just activities. Like if I could go to a mountain, like, I don't know, Machu Picchu or just like go snowboard on like Mm. Mount Fuji. I don't know. Just things (laughs) like that. I also like spending money on activities even like without travel. So like I'll try and snowboard a lot during the winter and then I'll like try and go to like far, far locations on road trips just for fun. And yeah. Yeah. So activities and experiences, I guess.
0: Yeah. All right, this last one. You can take your time and think about it. I'll edit out the silence. (laughs) Do you have a favorite fictional book, movie, or even a show that has kind of a money element to it that you would recommend to us?
2: Favorite fictional book? That is a hard question. I wonder if you guys (laughs) have an answer. You want me
0: to go first? All right. Uh, Have you guys ever watched Money Heist? It's on Netflix
2: heard of it but i haven't watched it's it.
0: spanish it's from spain yeah it's really I haven't good
2: watched
1: it
0: either if you like heists and you like capers it's really interesting and they're gonna make a korean version of it too i Ooh. think
1: oh.
0: yeah so check it out on netflix uh called money heist and then check out the korean version when that one comes out
1: oh okay i'll have to add that to my list i was thinking uh well maybe this isn't fictional because it's kind of based on true event you know the big short about the oh, yeah. real estate yeah. crash uh-huh. That was so informative. I thought it was so interesting, um, but I don't. I guess it doesn't really count as fictional since it was based on. Well,
0: it was it was elaborated, or what's it called? It, that's uh, true. It was yeah. elaborated,
1: yes. But uh, I I did enjoy it. And what's that? What's that show called on Netflix about the cartels and the guy with the narcos? Yes.
0: Yeah. Yes. That show is crazy too.
1: <laughs> oh, I loved that show. That was great. It had yeah. a money element. Had
0: Pablo a lot of money. Oh, yeah, for sure.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so much that you had to burn it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like that that was, shit maybe was nuts. that was like a
2: spoiler. I don't know. That shit but was nuts. I guess I don't watch a ton of TV, oh. which is might be why. But um one thing that I watched recently was Money Game on YouTube. It's from Jubilee, if you guys have heard of Jubilee. Oh, I love Jubilee. Yeah. But they basically got, I think, around 10 people and put them into prison, like prison cells, fake prison cells for us. Uh, seven days or something like that and they have three hundred thousand dollars as a cash prize. and if you last until the end of the seven days then you can like split that money with whoever's left over it's still an ongoing series i think there's like one or two episodes left but basically the candidates they don't have anything in their cells and whatever they buy they have to pay at 100x or it was a thousand X either way times the price of what it is in real life. So let's say a bottle uh, of water is a dollar. Then you have to use that $300,000 cash pool and uh, pay like that much.
0: So it starts to chip away. Yeah, at it, it starts to chip
2: away. Oh. And then they like start building animosity towards each other because uh, like, they're like, Oh, why did you buy that? You don't need that. Like, and it's really interesting because it's real people who like really signed up for this to like get that money price and you can see what they value and what they really need it for. So uh, yeah, it's, really like it kind of plays with the mental aspect of money and like what people need and things like that. Yeah. It's, it's kind of sad to watch, but at the same time it really makes you think about like what you value.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Mm. Um, let's see. The last one, I don't know if you thought about this one. It's called who's your infatuation. Uh, basically you can pick anyone from the Asian community that you either know or maybe you admire from afar. Chloe Cho, do you have
2: an infatuation right now? Um, I guess, honestly, I started my blog and all my platforms because I saw someone else kind of doing something slimmer. Her name is Sharon Tsung. I don't know if you guys have heard of her, but she's like an influencer on Instagram slash like other platforms. But she like her whole I think I saw like something from her over the pandemic. And I was like, Oh, that's interesting. It was mostly about real estate and how she builds uh, passive income through like her 15 plus properties that Uh she has but Uh she talked about traveling the world for two years and how she built a ton of different passive income streams and how she just like makes a blog it does youtube all that stuff so she was kind of my inspiration for starting this in the first place and if you guys don't follow her you should check her out because she is a badass like does a ton of stuff (laughs) and still has a full-time job which is insane wow yeah all right
0: so in a few years, we'll be talking about Chloe Cho and how she's <laughs> traveling the world and has 15 properties. I wish, <laughs> no, I fun, wish. It's, it's been very fun talking with you. And um, we can tell it's just fun, you know, that you have fun doing this and it's a challenge. Uh, so everyone out there, go check out Chloe's blog, Off Hour Hustle. Uh, you can find it at Off Hour Hustle. Her Instagram is also at Off Hour Hustle. Uh, and as usual, you can check us out at The Infatuation Podcast on Instagram or Facebook. Also, follow us on all of your podcast platforms and give us a follow, if you would, and a rating on Apple or Spotify. Um, hey, Belina, thanks for coming along and helping us again.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me again.
0: We have to um, get some live sound from Las Vegas. Uh, what is that, a week? No, this weekend?
1: It's this weekend. I'm already packed.
0: <laughs> oh man! All right, oh, so,
1: so
0: yeah, we gotta get some some live sound from you from oh, the yes. show itself. So have fun, it's be safe, but have have fun.
1: Thank you, thank you.
0: Thanks for listening, and on behalf of Chloe, Belina, myself, we hope you're all happy, healthy, and safe out there. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye. 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 Okay, that's a wrap.
2: That was a ton of fun. Ooh, that was a lot of fun.
0: Are you all packed? Are you ready to go?
2: Uh, no, I haven't started packing yet. If you're talking to me.
0: <laughs> oh man, one month. You're, how long are you going? Uh, two months. Oh, two wow. months. Yeah.
2: Wow. And I'm traveling for the last two weeks in Asia, so I'm trying to uh-huh. go to Singapore and Taiwan and maybe one more country. But. Oh man, sounds how fun. exciting! Yeah, it's gonna be so much fun. Do you keep in touch with most of your students, Curtis, or is it just like random here and there?
0: random yeah i mean with social media i'll follow people mm-hmm. and keep in touch but not all of them yeah <laughs> it's like a 100 something a year yeah, so like every cool so teacher. often uh well <laughs> every so often there's a few kids that i keep in touch with more and you know belina has traveled so much i, I always comment on her travel photos mm-hmm. and i'm like hey do
1: you post it on instagram i do yes oh, a lot I'm of go
2: follow you if i can find yeah, you
1: my content yeah. is a little bit More pandemic, you know, geared these days Mm -hmm. a little less traveling, but yeah, a lot of traveling content. I post a lot about food. I eat a lot. I love to
2: eat. (laughs) That's (laughs) awesome. The two themes of my life: food and travel. (laughs) Definitely, let me know. Especially for travel, I want to watch more travel people.
0: All right, Chloe. Thanks for your time.
2: Thank you so much for having me. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, (laughs) it was fun fun talking to you. It was fun meeting you. So
0: yeah, I think we're looking at maybe two weeks for this one and so maybe middle of april we'll okay. drop this one i'll let you know i'll tag you
2: yeah sounds good
0: okay have a good night and have a safe trip <laughs>
2: thank you Belina. have fun at bts <laughs> thank yeah. you thank you <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all
0: Okay, right. so Bye-bye. see you later chloe all right was that fun
2: that was
1: fun i really enjoyed it
0: yeah she seemed very very cool very relaxed
1: yeah so she's like someone that i would have met in like undergrad
0: I, I think you guys are pretty much the same age. Like just looking yeah. at her LinkedIn, like her her college to career journey is about the same as yours, I think. Mm. So yeah, it's cool that she does it. You know, like um, when I was 28, 27, 28, Uh yeah, I wish I had known as much as you guys know.
1: (laughs) No, she's really impressive. I mean, she I feel like she just has a genuine interest in, you know, learning about all of this. And I'm sure a lot of it was self taught. And I feel like it's really hard to self teach yourself so much, unless you really have a love for it. So it was was really cool.
0: It sounds like Yeah, it sounds like she likes the challenge. Like we I don't know if we even mentioned money all that much. You know, (laughs) like we talked about Stuff, but you know, we never really talked about. Oh, yeah, I want to get rich, or I want to have this much money, or I want. You know, like I think she just does it because it's fun, it's interesting. There's a challenge. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she's not trying to. Well, she is someday trying to quit her day job, but you know, not not like immediately.
1: Mm-hmm. I know. I noticed that though. I feel like um, I noticed that among. I I don't know if I want to say like our generation but i guess like the, for everyone who who is trying to learn all this about personal finance trying to make all these different revenues for passive income like they're not necessarily pursuing like wealth you know yeah. itself it's more of they're pursuing a comfortable lifestyle i feel mm-hmm. like i feel like people want to be able to live freely and they realize that to be able to do that you need more than actual money you need time you know and mm-hmm like that's the one thing that you can't buy. So to create that for yourself, you have to be smart with the money that you actually have. And I think yeah. that's the motivating factor for a lot of people doing this.
0: Yeah, most of the people I've talked to that are kind of your age up to, you know, 35ish or so or like, you know, we want the options to have experiences, mm-hmm. you know, or when you start a family, it's about it's not necessarily about taking an extravagant trip, but it's about, you know, giving your kids experiences that you didn't have as a kid or stuff that will just widen their mind.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And you need a little money for that. You know, it's not like you have to be rich, but, you know, you want to go to Hawaii or you want to go to Italy or even Canada, you know, like
2: Very you need true. a little money. I mean, Very you don't true.
0: have to travel five star. but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I got to get on the brand ambassador.
1: Yes. I, I'm gonna I'm actually a good thing you mentioned it. I I need to remember to search that up because that seems very doable. That I think, would be cool. Yes, I think that's very doable.
0: Walk around with like a Dasani water backpack or something like <laughs> you know, right. that.
1: Yeah. Or look
0: around, you know, when you go to the concert, look around for those people. Say, hey man, how'd you get this gig?
1: I'm so curious. I wonder if I can spot them. Like I wonder what kind of brands they would be representing there. Do yeah. you have brand ambassadors at these events and how do I become one?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: You know, it doesn't hurt. The worst they can do is just say, no, we don't.
0: Do you so. use K-beauty products at all? Or?
1: I need to get into that. I actually, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't know much about like skincare, makeup, all of that, but I really need to get into it.
0: So,
1: they I, I'll test it out for them. Yeah, I'm the right. perfect subject. I don't use much to begin with. Yeah, so. yeah,
0: you're like a blank slate, <laughs> like
1: a fresh start. <laughs> that's how I'll market myself. I don't yeah. use anything. So if you so just let need me someone, use your thing, exactly, exclusively, <laughs> even. <laughs> I have nothing else to use.
0: Yeah, I can be your ground zero test case.
1: <laughs> yes, yes, that that's how I'm yeah. going to market myself.
0: <laughs> that would be fun. Yeah. All right, man. We'll have fun. you. Uh, we'll touch you. base once we get back. Just just send me a text. Let me know what's up.
1: <laughs> Sounds good. All, All right, right. Thanks again
0: for this. We're gonna we'll get this edited. I think this is two weeks. Cool.
1: Have All a right. good
0: night. We'll talk to you soon.
1: Okay, talk to you soon.
0: Okay, bye. bye.